Well, hey friends, it's Kenneth Eisner back with you again this week. And in this week's episode, which is the third and final in my little mini series on money mindsets, we're going to talk about five things you can do to save money in your business that aren't the usual things that you're always hearing about. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Well, hey, I hope everyone is doing well this week. As I'm recording this, it is, again, it's April. I've been recording all of these episodes in April, but uh, yeah. Um, kind of surprising uh, how things are going in the world right now. And so I hope you're all uh, keeping safe and well and uh, ready to dive in to five action items you can take in your business to save some money. So um, what we're going to be talking about today is not the usual stuff that you hear when we, we talk about, you know, saving money. It's not going to be like shop sales or DIY things or use coupon codes. Like everybody knows that or pretty much everybody knows that. Like you don't need that advice, right? I want to actually give you some action items today as well. I think that's really important because our two, the first two episodes, that is, you know, the one, the two before this, we're focused on kind of more nebulous things like mindsets and, you know, changing, changing the way you think about things, you know, changing the way uh, you think about boundaries, the th- way you think about money, the way you think about setting your fees, the way you think about um, just how you can earn an income in general, that it doesn't have to be the same thing that all your peers are doing. Um, so yeah, we were talking about a lot of like concepts and ideas and mental stuff and that's great and important and we all need to work on that. And I hope those episodes were a little bit helpful to you to sort of changing your, your, uh, your perspective a little bit on how to earn an income. But you know, sometimes it's nice to just have a to-do list and action items to do. Those are important as well to do both when it comes to uh, working on your business. So in today's episode, I wanted to actually give you five practical tips for saving money in your business. Now, I'm not going to just say the same darn things everyone else says. Like, I already said that at the beginning, right? So we're not going to talk about, you know, like, shopping Black Friday sales or Prime Day on Amazon or any, you know, you guys already know that stuff. Yeah, DIY, go with the cheaper model, etc. But I want to give you some ideas that might be fresh. Maybe you've heard all these before. It's very possible. It's not like I'm reinventing the wheel here. But they might be things that you hadn't really thought about. Um, I know some business owners have never really thought about a lot of these things, or they simply haven't had the time to actually implement them. So maybe this is a nudge for you to think about it. Um, So let's get into this. Number one, my number, my first tip is maybe not the number one tip, but it's the first tip here. I advise you to actually track how you find clients so you can put the time and effort and money into what actually works for bringing in client bookings and not what doesn't. So here's the thing. A lot of us do one of two things when it comes to our marketing. Either we go as cheap, 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 cheap as possible. We DIY everything. We're using free social media. We put up posters in cafes and talk, you know, talk to our friends. And we just, we do everything on a super thin budget and DIY it all, right? Or we do a different thing, which is we talk to our colleagues and we try to copy exactly what they did. So, oh, Facebook ads totally worked for me, one colleague tells you. Oh, you should do that, you know. Or I put an ad in the local paper and I got 10 new clients the next week. So worth it, you know. 
Now, none of these methods is necessarily wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong to, you know, uh, ask your friends to refer you people. That's a good idea. You know, I'm not saying it's wrong to use social media. I'm not saying it's wrong to put out an ad anywhere. However, you need to actually track what's effective at bringing in clients for your business and your style of working and your target clients. And then do that. Plus, let me clarify something about the saving money for your business aspect of this episode before we continue. Because you might be going, how does spending money on Facebook ads save me money, Candice? Um, wouldn't that be spending money? <laughs> Are you saying that there's a coupon code for Facebook? Well, I mean, there might be. But ultimately, when we talk about saving money, what we really mean is that we have to figure out what has the greatest impact on our bottom line. So the old saying about you have to spend money to earn money is true to a certain extent. This isn't about like doing whatever's like the cheapest thing all the time. It's about what will give you the maximum return on investment. That's the important part, okay? So if you spend $500 on ads and you end up getting new clients that bring you $4,000 in new appointments due directly to those ads, whether it's people who saw the ad or people who saw the ad and then told a friend to book, that's worth it, right? That's $3,500, you know, if you do the math that you didn't have before. So this is why tracking is so important. And this is why I'm saying it's saving you money in your business. You need to know where those clients are coming from. And if the advertising that you're doing actually makes sense, if the money you're spending actually makes sense. Because say you did what your colleague advised you that they did and you took out some Facebook ads and you got five new clients the next week. Well, wouldn't you be excited? You're assuming that those clients are coming from the ads. You're super happy and you're thinking, oh, you know, these Facebook ads are totally working. I'm going to keep running them. They're great. (laughs) However, it turns out the real reason you got those five new clients is because a current client was at their book club and told their book club about you. They did not see the Facebook ad. It has nothing to do with the Facebook ad, by the way. So two members of their book club contacted you and they liked you. And they told several other friends about you. And that's how you ended up getting five new clients in total. Hmm. So this has nothing to do with Facebook. I mean, maybe, maybe they, maybe they were sending messages on Facebook Messenger to their friends telling you, telling them about you. But it wasn't your ad. Not at all. It was word of mouth. That's how you got the five new clients. So now you're actually paying for Facebook ads that you thought were effective, but actually aren't at all. Because that's not how you got the five new clients. Well, darn it. We don't like that, do we? Why are we spending money on Facebook ads? We should just be focusing on book clubs, apparently. This is why I'm saying tracking is so important because it can save you serious money in your business. That's where the savings is coming in. Ask each and every new client how they found out about you or if a friend referred them or whatever. Sometimes people won't tell you and that's fine. You respect people's privacy, but there's nothing wrong with actually asking, okay? That way you know where to spend your time and your money on your advertising, on your marketing, so that you're spending it where it's going to be most effective, therefore saving you money over the course of the whole year of your business, right? So that's number one. So let's talk about number two. Number two is actually planning a budget and doing a monthly budget meeting, even if the meeting is only with you. (laughs) It can be with your household, if that makes sense, or it can be, you know, with your office mates if you share some expenses, okay? And this is a hard for one for some. I, I get it. I mentioned this in the first episode on the money series. 
but it's one of the biggest tools we can use to save money in our business that's actually really actionable. It's tracking where every single dollar is going, right? So look at all your bills and make sure you know when they are due, like, because no one likes paying late fees, right? And that happens to us all, even people who are super on top of their bills. Sometimes you just forget something, life life gets busy or whatever, and uh, you end up paying late fees. And that sucks. Like, no one wants to pay late fees. Also, you should have a plan for every dollar in your business. Like if you have some money left over at the end of the month, put it into savings and investment towards something you want to buy, like a vacation or towards debt repayment. No shame, right? Just make sure you're tracking everything so that it's easier for you. Okay. So you know where every single dollar is going and where you might be able to cut costs as well, which we'll get to in a second here. But yeah, for tracking, you can either use software like I mentioned before budgeting software like, you know, Mint. Um, you, you can use your accounting program to to help track. That's certainly doable. I use Wave Accounting. I, I do go in there and look at where, you know, what my expenses are every so often. Sometimes I just stare at my credit card bill and go, oh, I spent on that. <laughs> just kidding. But no, but for serious, like that is one of the ways you can get the information to put it into your budget software. Or um, you can just use a spreadsheet if that feels most comfortable for you, right? So once you're tracking where your money is going, it can help you a lot in figuring out how to best save and how to put your money to best work for you. Now, I am not an expert on budgeting by any means. I am not an accountant. You know, I'm not any of those kinds of things. But I do find these types of exercises help me understand where my money is going and where I can improve and where I can save. So I'll leave in a, sh- a link in the show notes for all of you on budgeting from somebody who's better at it than I am to give you um, even more tools, um, whether it's uh, mental tools or actual like t- like software tools uh, to to bed- to do better at budgeting and to figure out better what you can do with every dollar that you're earning, right? To make it work for you. So my number three tip is to actually look at what services you're paying for and if you really need them. So this relates into the previous thing I was just talking about. You would be surprised at the number of people who signed up for a free trial of software and then forgot they did it. (laughs) So now it's costing them money, but they forgot, you know, or they pay for a service that they barely even use. They think they use it, but if you actually like looked at it, they only use it like once a year or something. (laughs) So is it really worth paying for? And I know... It's, you know, it's easy, like uh, satellite radio is something that, you know, my husband and I are currently paying for, um, and we're going to continue to pay for for a little bit longer because we have a big road trip coming up when we move. But honestly, we barely used it over the last year because, hello, we've been at home most of the time. You know, or like music streaming services. How many people pay for multiple music streaming services because they were testing out several and then just kind of forgot that they were paying for them all? You know, or apps on your phone, apps on your phone that like renew every month or every year or whatever. You know, that happens to a lot of us as well. Like you try a trial and then you pay for the first year and go, ah, you know, and then you stop using it after a month. But yet you're still signed up to pay for it. So those are things you need to look at. Right. And be really honest with yourself about with yourself. That is about this stuff. I know some for some people it can be easy to just say. Well, it's only $5 a month or it's only $2.50 a month if it's like a cheap app or if it's, you know, it's only whatever uh, cost. But that stuff adds up. So see if it's something you can cut or if you'd really miss it if you didn't have it in your life or look for free alternatives. 
lots of things, you know, in the last year in particular, a lot of new apps have come out or a lot of uh, places have offered like cheaper deals on what used to be kind of an expensive app, right? So look for free or much less expensive uh, things. Um, so let me give you a personal example. I used to pay a lot every year for my accounting software. It was, uh, what, about 500 bucks a year, I think. But a couple of years ago, I switched to a completely different system um, that is free. Except the only the only gotcha is that I am paying um, per uh, per client payment. So when clients pay me, I'm paying a small fee um, because it's either bank transfers or um, or credit card, right? But the thing is, I was paying those fees with the other software that was charging me five hundred dollars a year. Um, they might have been slightly lower fees, but only slightly. And when I ran the math, it was just really, really, really obvious that I'd be saving big money by going with the service that didn't charge like a yearly fee for just using it um, versus, you know, uh, paying the five hundred dollars a year. Right. So. So, yeah, now now I'm saving uh, you know, that money every year instead of uh, sticking with it because, oh, it's, you know, it's just what I'm used to or I don't want to have to go through the the effort of having to switch or whatever. Like that's, you know, $500 is nothing to sneeze at, right? So that's my, that's my uh, third tip for you is look, look at software that you might not be using. You might not be using much. Look to see if there's free or cheaper alternatives. Even if you looked three or four years ago, a lot of things have changed in the world. So maybe there's a, a new uh, software available to you or a new item or a new way to do something that will make it cheaper for you. And sometimes it even will save you like effort, you know, um, a software or a system that you might have been using, uh, you know, a few years ago uh, might be a bit of a pain in the butt. And you might find that if you switch to something else, it's actually a lot better. So my number four tip is pool resources with other businesses. You can order things in bulk and get a better deal. So this is one that people don't always think about, especially if they are a solo business owner, a solo practitioner. So depending on how your business is set up, yes, it might be a little bit of work or it might be super easy. I guess it depends where you work, right? So if you're renting a room where there's similar practitioners, right? probably pretty easy. You could just, you know, contact everybody and say, like, do you want to do a bulk order of X, whatever X is? It could be, you know, massage lotion or linens or computers or, you know, it, hopefully not computers. That would be a little bit crazy if you're ordering a whole bunch of computers for a small office. But but seriously, like, like look into what you can order in bulk for yourself and uh, your your coworkers or co-renters or however you want to think of them, the people that you that you work with. Uh, even if you, you just, you know, each of you rents a space, there's still people that work out of the same space and maybe you can combine together to get a good deal, right? But, you know, in other cases, some of you might work somewhere where there's, it's not really like a clinic, all of healthcare, health and wellness or healthcare practitioners, uh, all under one roof. So might be, or you might, uh, you know, work from home or you might do mobile services. There's lots of those situations as well. So it might be harder for you to do group orders. You go, well, like, who would I group order with? You know, um, it might still be possible, um, like joining members of your local business association to group order things that everybody needs, you know, uni pretty universal, like stuff like uh, paper goods or cleaning supplies, you know, things that most businesses need, including your own, that have nothing to do with specifically your health and wellness business. So it's not going to be like massage lotion or whatever uh, supplies you might need from the local massage therapy supply or chiropractic supply, etc. place, but uh, it's still stuff that you need as a business owner, right? 
Um, you know, and another thing you can do is if, if you work from home is maybe bulk order with your neighbors. You know, again, you know, cleaning supplies, uh, other things that people need, you know, it, it, again, it all depends on where you live and who your neighbors are and stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah. So joining your business association, joining your neighbors, joining lo other local businesses to order things you all need, you can save a lot of money by doing it that way. Now, of course, the savings has to be enough so that it's worth your time to coordinate these things. Because I realize that this is not like us in most cases, this is not, you know, just a an easy thing where like you, you bulk order and then you deliver everybody's stuff and you get paid right away. Like often there's like, oh, well, so-and-so can't pick up until this date and you have to coordinate that and you have to chase somebody for their payment. They intend to pay you. They just keep forgetting because they're busy. And I, I get that those things do happen. So you have to decide for yourself if the savings in money is worth your time for coordinating such things. If you're only saving 50 bucks on something, maybe it's not really worth it if you're doing like days of coordinating to get it to work out. Um, but if the savings are substantial and isn't too much work, maybe it is worth it to you, right? It's something to consider. And the bonus with this money saving idea is not only do you have reduced costs for your business, but you also get to meet other business owners and like make connections with people and like network, you know, or meet your neighbors if you're, if you're, uh, if you work from home and you're doing bulk orders with your neighbors. Again, you know, it's just a nice way to meet people. So who, who doesn't like, well, I mean, I guess some people are, are, uh, prefer to to not uh have too many interactions with others they're a bit you know they they like to be uh alone a bit more but uh you know overall most of us i think we we appreciate community we appreciate contact with others and uh especially right now right so so yeah that's uh that's number four and then number five let's talk about number five and that's reducing your wasted time so you might say, oh, what do you mean reducing my wasted time? How does that save me money in my business? Well, for example, your rented office can save your, can earn you some money, right? Can you rent it out at other times? Now, I know I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I want to mention again because it's such a good idea for reducing your costs in your business or like earning you income, right? So say you only work 20 hands-on hours with clients per week, right? And you're at your office about 30 hours. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you're not doing additional work from home on the computer or returning client phone calls while you're out running errands or whatever. Yeah, most of us are doing those things too. But physically being at your office space, you're only there 20 hours a week. That leaves a lot of extra time for your clinic space to be used by someone else, right? Using a fairly typical like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. business hours thing, and let's say it's seven days a week, some people are happy to work on weekends, that means your space could be used 70 hours per week, but it's only being used 30. This is why it can be very worth it to you to find someone to rent it or at least, you know, take some of those available hours. And another thing to note on this is actually you have to decide for yourself whether or not it's actually worth it to rent a space all on your own, right, in terms of the financial cost. If you're physically only at your office about 30 hours a week, maybe it would be lower cost to rent out of somebody else's space, right? Obviously, you have to do the math. It isn't always a better deal to rent or sublet from someone else. Now, a bonus here is that if you usually rent from somebody else, you have a smaller number of tasks to take care of. Like they'll often do the maintenance or cleaning or, you know, they'll help you with the maintenance and cleaning. You know, it, sometimes it's a shared task. 
So they'll, they'll pay, be paying for electricity. Yes, it comes out of your rent, but like it's just less tasks for, for you to take on, giving you time to do other things, work on your marketing or even just like have some personal time. Right now, of course, I want to be clear here about this. I mean, I can hear some of you saying something now. For some people, it's absolutely worth it to rent their own space. It doesn't matter that it costs them more. It doesn't matter that it give, it costs them more time in like, you know, uh, chasing around vendors because something's broken and, you know, finding a handyman to fix the, you know, the, the leaky ceiling and, you know, like all the things that ha can happen. They don't always happen, but all the things can happen when you run your own space. Uh, you know, tracking down your landlord to fix something they said they'd fix last week and they still haven't, all those things. It's still, even with all those stresses, it's still worth it to you sometimes. And I 100% get that. It's just better for you mentally and allows you to have more full control over the business. I, I totally get that. So maybe it's not worth it to you to rent from someone else, regardless of the financial savings. And maybe you don't want to sublet your space to somebody else. Maybe you just don't want to have to deal with that. You don't want to be a so-called landlord. You don't want to have to deal with renters and you know deal with the fact that like you walk into the clinic on Tuesday morning, which is supposed to be your first day and like it's it's a mess. They didn't clean up or like whatever. You just you don't want to have to deal with those things. That, that's fine, too, because that's essentially what you're signing up for. If you do decide to do this money saving thing by either renting out of somebody else's space or getting someone to rent your space part time. Right. So basically what I'm saying is this, do a cost benefit analysis for yourself, right? See if it's worth it to you as a human being, not only financially, but mentally and emotionally to either re-rent your space to other people or rent somebody else's space, right? Don't just do it because it would be a financial savings. Because I know for some people it can be, you know, you just, you look at the math, you go, oh my God, I could save like half my rent if I just did da 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 da. And then like the wheels start turning about all the things you could do with that extra money and how great it would be. But then if you actually sat down and did like a cost analysis like and i'm by cost i mean like your time your effort your mental health maybe it's not worth it at all maybe that savings and money even if it could be a fairly significant amount per year is just not worth it to you no matter how awesome the renter that you find or the person that you're renting from is right maybe you just really want to be a solo person working out of your own space and not have to share and not have to deal with those things. But I still stand by that this being a really good tip for making money is potentially sharing your rental space with somebody else and sharing the costs because it can be really effective way to run a fantastic business and, uh, you know, still make, uh, still make some good money and uh, have a coworker. Sometimes that's kind of nice, right? So that's it for this week's episode. And that wraps up our three part series on money mindsets. So again, you know, I, I hope these have been helpful tips for you. I hope this is a helpful list of things that you can look at in terms of saving some money and actually action items, you know, sitting down and doing budgets and doing a cost benefit analysis and all those things. But uh, yeah, so the podcast is going on another little break. For those of you who have heard, um, my husband and I are moving. Um, so the uh, 
Unfortunately, with uh, the pandemic here in Canada, we have had to pause on, on our actual moving dates. So I don't know when I'm going to have new episodes up for you all, um, but I can promise that I will have them. Um, sometimes when I take an extended break, I start getting emails from people asking if I've decided not to do the podcast anymore. And that's never going oh I shouldn't say never that's not the case right now just be be aware of that uh, but uh, yeah it it may be a month it may be a few months before I'm able to get more podcast episodes out to you all but uh, just just know that they will be coming and uh, as always if you have questions about an episode or you're curious about a topic or you have requests for a topic you can reach me at candace at happylittlebiz.com uh, or you can, you know, head over to my website and read about what's going on because I'm, you know, sometimes I publish uh, articles over there outside of my podcast schedule or often I do. So anyway, yeah, thanks. Uh, for those of you who've listened to this, this you know, end ramble, uh, thank you for, you know, sticking with me. And uh, yeah, I'll be back with you um, hopefully by early summer with some more episodes. And uh, yeah, take care. Uh, be well, be safe. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.